wondering aloud how we feel today. Last night, at the sunset, my hand in her hair. We are our own saviors as we start. Both our hearts beating life into each other, wondering aloud, will the years treat us well? She floats in the kitchen. I'm tasting the smell. Up goes as the butter runs. Then she comes, spilling crumbs on the bed, and I. And it's only the giving that makes you what you are. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. And here's our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. That is a little ditty from... The Jethro Tull album, Aqualung, uh, which came out after their first two efforts that I liked just as well. But Aqualung was really the album that put them on the map. The artwork was better. It had, it was more thematic. I'd say it came out in 71. Course. that's right when I went out and bought it and um, then they had the th- thick as a brick which you know I, I didn't really care that much for it was a little bit like Elton John after the first two or three albums then they're, they're sort of trying to imitate themselves but um, <laughs> it was so funny you know, I had to feel like I was in the know, and uh, you had some, to some feel. People, you had to feel like you're well, in the know. Feel like it, <laughs> and some people would you'd say, "What do you think about Jethro Tull?" And some guy would say, "I like him." No, that's the name of the group, named for a. 18th century or 17th century agronomist in England named Jethro Tull. The the guy who was the vocalist and the flutist for the group Jethro Tull was, is named Ian Anderson. And people were always thinking that it was somebody's name. It was, but a historical figure. 
And in those days in Lexington, uh, you could buy records up and down limestone. Uh, you had Cut Corner. Uh, there was a store called Skechel Media. I don't even, I think they may still be around. Um, it's up next to the McDonald's, uh, really almost on UK's campus in a, in a house. Um, then I think they're gone. I think that might be where local taco is now. No, no local tacos farther back. And there was an album store in one of those places. You had a lot of head shops, any kind of way that you could uh, figure out to, um, something you could put marijuana in, uh, to smoke it, uh, you could buy up and down limestone. And uh, it's always been a little bit seedy, if you will. But uh, I remember going into one of those stores, um, and uh, the guy is standing behind the uh, thing, and I I had this uh, album by Leo Kotke that I was going to buy. It was the one with the um, armadillo on it. And uh, the guy says, so, you're a Kotke freak. And I said, not really. I'm just going to buy the album. Well, that makes you a Kotke freak. And uh, I said, okay. If that's what's required in order for me to buy this album, I'll be a Kotke freak. I mean, I was probably 15, but I knew this goober, this hippie, was a dumbass. And, uh, you know, I uh, didn't know how to get out of that thing except buy the album and get out of there. Anyway, Lexington, Lexington, Lexington. So let's talk a little bit about our city that I've lived here for 60 years. Um, An article just came out uh, saying it's largely impossible for members of Generation Z, those born between 1997 and 2012, to put down roots in Lexington. A recent analysis of earnings and employment data contends. Surging interest rates and high home prices combined with Stagnant wages have worked against Gen Z and millennial home buyers. Additionally, while inflation cooled down in late 2023, two years of price increases for basics like groceries have eaten away at the savings of many. Given all that, it's no surprise that younger Lexington residents are struggling to become homeowners and homeowners and the recent analysis from Point two, this is a national firm, seems to confirm that. The online real estate company ranked Lexington among the major U.S. cities where it's most difficult for Gen Z to become homeowners. Here's why and how Point Z arrived at that conclusion. All right, what went into Point Z's and Point I'm sorry, point two's analysis, not point Z. It's Gen Z, not, and, and we're dealing with point two. Uh, 
They ranked 100 major cities, including Lexington, based on the following factors. Home price to income ratio. Median sale price difference. Home inventory per thousand residents. Share of homes sold above the asking price. Days on the market. Home ownership rate and unemployment rate. According to point two, we then use weighted averages of these metrics to calculate where young adults under 25 have the best chances of becoming homeowners. How did Lexington rank and why? According to point two, Lexington is among the top 10 cities in the country where it's most difficult for point for Gen Z to get a foot in the door for ownership. So, you know, our chamber of commerce slash commerce Lexington over here, they love to put, we're the third safest cities and we're this and we're that, and they, they do all these statistics out on the side. Maybe they ought to put now third hardest city in the country for a Gen Z person to get a home. The company ranked Lexington third from the bottom, placing it alongside much more expensive and populated cities. Two California cities, San Diego and Fremont, ranked second and first. It's interesting. So I'll give you the list. The, the hardest place was Fremont, California, then San Diego, California, then Lexington, Kentucky, then ha- San Jose, California, Riverside, California, Los Angeles, California, Sacramento, California, Chula Vista, California, Richmond, Virginia, and Newark, New Jersey. Now, every place on this list is a place that people are moving out of. Every place on this list, there's a wholesale exodus taking place out of California. And why? Lack of opportunity. So a question about this list. Is it compiled based on cost per square foot or is it compiled on cost, cost per square foot and based on how much money you can earn in a city? Because if you're making $300,000 in California, you're going to be paying more taxes well, and the real estate. You know, Part it of it gets to the fact that 13% of people under 25 in this city are unemployed. And if you walk in, up and down Main Street or go out to the mall like I do, I go places where rich people like me don't go. I go a lot of places where people, I'm in the upper one-tenth of one percent. I go places where people like me are not because I want to know what's really going on in this town. And if you go and look around, 13% unemployment sounds low for people under 25. That sounds like that number has been padded to look better than it is. Anyway. And that's a whole nother chronic condition. Yeah. It has to do with the schools. Our, our schools are, our Fayette County school system is a disgrace. Our local government is a disgrace. I'm going to get into the uh, mayor's um, address, her recent address to the uh, city on the on the um, state of the city so the u.s census bureau puts fayette county's 
median household income north of sixty-six thousand in two thousand twenty-two dollars. Okay. We focused on the median household income of Gen Z households, typically lower, lower compared to the general household income, since many in their early career stages. Career, that's a good thing. Where do people, young people in Lexington, find careers? If it's not in government, the school system, or UK? Where's the private sector here? It's slowly being driven out of this place. And that's where wealth is created and where people can make enough money to buy a house. The other thing gets into land use, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So the fact that we're on a list that's mainly populated by California cities is not a good thing. You didn't see Bowling Green on this list. You didn't see Covington on this list. You didn't see Louisville on this list. You saw Lexington. What were the best cities for Gen Z home buyers? Fort Wayne, Corpus Christi, Detroit, Laredo, Texas, Memphis, Lincoln, Nebraska. Durham, North Carolina, Fort Worth, Aurora, Colorado, and Scottsdale. <coughs> I don't know about Scottsdale. Now. Maybe it's because there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Let's talk about what makes Lexington so hard for, for people that are young to get a place to live. Well, number one, this city has been on a long and deliberate crusade for a long time against the private sector. We have layers and layers of regulation in this city. We have all kinds of land use restrictions. So if a new business that would be a good employer wants to move here, it's very difficult for them to do that because there's no land where they can set up shop. And I've spoken to some of the top people in banking and finance and real estate in this city about this problem over and over again, and they all say the same thing. Our local land use restrictions make it nearly impossible for anybody new to come in town. And I'm, I'm going to read from the mayor's uh, state of the city address that was recently given just on January 30th this week, and I'll prove my point to you. If, and here's the thing that, that, that's very troublesome. We have been told to have a, a low growth or no growth attitude by our city leadership. This is the official um, attitude of this city 
towards new development. We don't want it. We don't want it here in Fayette County because we worship farmland. Farmland in this county is largely dedicated to the thoroughbred industry. The thoroughbred industry has been declining for several years now. There are fewer racetracks, there are fewer horses, and in some cases, it's getting impossible for the small farmer, very difficult for the small farmer, the small horse owner to make a living in the horse business. Your bigger uh, racing stables generally are subsidized by people uh, that don't really have to make a profit. Your smaller guys, the ones that have to get out and put horses in allowance races, uh, maiden special weight, claim horses, these kinds of things, that is a very tough deal. Running and operating a horse farm has become unbelievably expensive. You know, these boards you see in the fences, it's kind of the signature of Lexington. They're 12 bucks now, and that's if you use red oak. A lot of guys want to use white oak. I mean, lumber is expensive, help is expensive, all of these things. So Lexington has put its eggs in terms of real estate in the hands of the horse industry, which is not growing like a growth industry should. And we've said, we don't want this land used for anything. And the reason is because you have a group called Fed Alliance, which is run by wealthy people, the wealthiest of which aren't even from here. They moved here, bought land, and they don't want anybody else doing anything out their back window. And they, they spend a lot of money given to Fayette Alliance. They're the largest donors to the mayor's campaign. Anytime there's a land use question, the mayor jumps in and says where something can go and can't. And it's all about protecting what's called the view shed, which means that rich people can look out their back window and see nothing but pastures and, and not ever worry about it being developed. Now, this is a religion among many people that have grown up here in Fayette County. They don't see any other side to the question. They don't believe we should have jobs here, new jobs. Therefore, what's going to happen is if the Gen Z people cannot get jobs, can't find housing, they'll move elsewhere, and the city will, the decay that we see mainly in downtown is going to start spreading other places. There's more parts of the city that are becoming what I would call the hood than I've ever seen in my life. Neighborhoods that were once considered you know, nice places to live are beginning to not be. This is the result of deliberate policies that have been implemented by our city leadership for many years who are bought and paid for with 
uh, the dollars of wealthy landowners who want to keep basically 80% of Fayette County like a national park. We've bought development rights from people, making it to where the land can never be developed, and we think we've really done a good thing. Listen, I love horse farms as much as anybody, but you have to have smart development. How can you have a horse industry in Dubai? They don't have lots of rolling fields. They're smart about how they do it. Hong Kong, Macau, Japan. There's no surplus of land in Japan. They're just smarter about how they do it. You go out, drive past most of these horse farms in Lexington, Kentucky, the fields are empty. Yet we talk about how we want to keep it a certain way, and there's ways to do both. But if you talk to this crowd, this anti-development crowd, they only see it one way. That's okay, but you're going to have a city that's going to continue to decay from the inside. And just to talk about how oblivious the mayor is about it, I'm going to get into uh, her her uh, State of the City address uh, in the next segment. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the show. Stay tuned. Into each other Wondering a lot Will the years treat us well? As she floats in the kitchen, I'm tasting the... Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A few months ago, we began publicly predicting lower interest rates. At the time, it seemed like a strange thing to predict given that some of the most well-known names on Wall Street were saying the opposite. Events have proved us correct. If you disregarded our call and kept money in cash and short-term obligations like CDs and money funds, you've left quite a bit on the table. We warned against becoming complacent. When the Federal Reserve begins to cut, rates will drop quickly. We were right. To find out what we think the next move is, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and make an appointment with us. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and your favorite podcast platform.
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. And here's our host, Tom Dupree. So that's called Cross-Eyed Mary, and that's Ian Anderson on the flute. And it is, he's just remarkable. He used to jump up and concert. He'd like be like a bird jumping from one foot to the other um, and playing the flute at the same time. I miss those years. Okay, this is this is the uh, state of the city address given this week by our mayor Linda Gorton. It's called Five Years of Progress. Okay, five years, and that would be the five years, of course, that she has been mayor. I don't know if she she's not talking about anything before that. So, uh, and. The thing that I'm really uh, amazed at is how, and and this really probably gets into this reason why younger people can't buy homes. I I wonder at times about the educational level of of who's in this city. It it really, it kind of disturbs me uh, because of the people that they elect. So the mayor says in this uh, address, five years, it's been five years since my first state of the city county speech on January 22nd, 2019. I challenged us all to dream big. In that time, we've marked five years of progress. Okay. I don't know what it's compared to, but I've kept the promise I first made as a member of the council. Then again, as mayor, the government must focus on building strong citizens and strong families, and through them, a strong community. Okay. Now, this is absolute crazy talk. Government does not build strong citizens. Strong citizens are developed through self-effort, through effort, to build one's life as a free person, able to function in a free society, taking risks, accepting challenges, doing things that people build things with, which is the stuff of life, and it's, usually achieved through great difficulty. I think the better word here, instead of strong citizens, would be compliant citizens. That is, citizens that get with the program and allow government to dictate to them how their lives ought to go. And I can see how she might use that word strong because for her, compliance is strength. This is the talk of a central planner, of someone who feels like she's the nurse ratchet in charge of this big patient, which is the city of Lexington. And so, like any nurse or doctor, If you take your medicine the way we administer it to you, you are a strong patient. 
But for us, strong means compliant. So what she's saying here is that strong citizens, strong families, and through them, a strong community, we're talking about people who do what they're told. Building a strong uh, community by building strong citizens is not a new idea. Perhaps Plato speaking to us across the millennia, said it best. This city is what it is because our citizens are what they are. He was speaking, uh, I've studied Plato. Plato was speaking about a republic. It was not uh, a dictatorship where uh, humanism and socialism is pushed down from above. This was a place where people were free to take risks, fail, do this and do that. And government was dependent upon its citizens being the strength of the community, not government being the strength of the community like we have here in Lexington and the citizens being compliant. So that is a misuse of what Plato meant. And I've read enough of Plato to know that that isn't what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about being compliant. This was a uh, this was a um, a republic that produced heroes, not yes people. Then she says, "Our city supports its citizens." Here we go. Now we're talking. What what she's saying here is our government supports its citizens, and I'm talking about everyone who lives here by keeping Lexington safe. It's not. Working to attract good jobs and helping local companies grow, they don't. Building sound infrastructure, some of that is going on, but you know, a lot of it is borrowed money. A lot of it's federal grants, money coming in from elsewhere. Supporting the arts and cultural community, I would say yes, that's true. Maintaining a high quality of life, that depends on what you call a high quality of life. Let me tell you that I'm downtown a lot. and When I go out on the streets and drive around, let's say a half mile radius of where my office is, what I'm looking at is not a high quality of life, okay? The center of the city is the core of the city, and I don't see a high quality of life going on in this immediate area and catching people who are in danger of falling. Now, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? Catching people, and is that even the role of government. So then, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, how crime has, has gone down. And she attributes a lot of this to uh, our, our uh, police and fire, which have had trouble retaining people and hiring new people uh she attributes this to one lexington which is a paid staff of, of people uh 
that are paid to reach out to at-risk populations. Here's a uh, equity and implementation officer that's sending food around. Oh, and then finally, we get to something regarding the economy. Bluegrass Ag Tech Development Corp. is up and running. The city's partnership with the University of Kentucky Martin Gatton College of Ag, Food, and Environment, Kentucky Department of Agriculture, and Alltech is focused on making Lexington, Kentucky, the international hub for ag tech businesses. And then that's pretty much what we see about business. Now we're talking fiber optics, city services online. Oh, good. We can log on here. Now we're on to affordable housing. So we've just received this report that um, Lexington is one of the worst places in the country for Gen Z home buyers. That is people that are younger, don't necessarily have the money. So we get into affordable housing, we get into homelessness, and I'll tell you something. I'm going to first hand, I drive up uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard frequently from downtown. I don't see the mayor out driving around up in there. Don't see her out walking the streets very much. Used to see Mayor Gray on Main Street frequently. I don't ever see Linda Gorton out there, and I, I am out there. Except when she was campaigning for mayor, we saw her then. That's true, and or if she's going to a groundbreaking somewhere for a new park. And we're building a community center. Oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. East Sector Bureau of Patrol, we're talking about, here's another park, Cardinal Run Park North. New water feature in Charles Young Park called Splash. Fantastic. Federal, he secured some federal grants for roads. That's good. That's a good thing. Public art. A whole section on public art. Murals. Art on the town carts. So that's... Make sure these town carts have art on them. Community-wide parks. Okay, folks, guess what? This is a complete smokescreen. Lexington, the city of Lexington runs on tax revenues. One or two paragraphs about a bluegrass ag tech thing that might attract some businesses here said 70 businesses have expressed an interest didn't say anybody's come here there's nothing in there about any new employers coming to town there's nothing in there about any current employers increasing their capacity the only way this city runs is on occupational taxes it's two and a quarter percent of everybody's paycheck the biggest employers here 
our UK school system, local government, and then you get to, I think, uh, St. Joe Health. It's now it's called something else. They're all Baptist Health. Is that what it is? No, not Baptist Health. The one that owns St. Joe. That's a bigger employer. The bottom line is none of them are what you would call real private sector employers. We have made it impossible for the private sector. If we had a company that wanted to come to town and and hire fifteen hundred people. An industrial company. There is absolutely no place to put them in Fayette County. And that is by design. That is because of the Fayette Alliance folks. And be- long before that, uh, Bluegrass Land and Nature Trust, it's a lot of the old families in Lexington that still maintain a good bit of control but really don't have much skin in the game. They have the ear of people in local government. They don't represent the true economic interests of Fayette County who want it to continue to be locked down. And and this is filtered down to the average person walking around here who says, we don't need to grow anymore. And they complain about new apartment buildings being built. And because there's not an official... Some of these houses are beginning to look a little nicer than they used to. Many of them are low quality. They're not built well. You're seeing apartments that were built in and around UK 10, 12 years ago starting to, you know, fall apart. And this is because we don't have a definitive plan because neither side listens to the other one. I see the human wreckage that occurs as a result of it. And th- these are people that are homeless. And then there's other people who, who stay in their homes, and I would say some of them are struggling even more. The brain drain that's gone on in Fayette County over the last, I don't know how many years, that is young people who grew up here who've moved away because the opportunities aren't here. The social life is not here. It's incredible. This has got to be reversed. It's got to be changed. This is a great place to live. I love it here. I'm never going to move that I know of. Nobody's told me to move yet. But we got to be better. We have to elect better leaders. We have to educate those that refuse to be educated about the effect of our choices or else it's going to continue to get worse. And that doesn't even (coughs) approach the problem that is the police and firemen's pension, which has got to be contributed to for years and years at greater and greater amounts. And the fact that the city now borrows part of its budget every year We don't live within the means of our tax revenues. We borrow extra money to meet budget. And the mayor brags about we're doing the biggest and most aggressive budget we've ever seen. There was nothing in this. This was written 
it was like it was written by somebody who is speaking to one or two percent of this whole county that are it's her constituents and keeps her in her bubble. She's in a bubble, by the way. And I don't know. I don't think any of them listen to this show for sure. Um, I'm talked out. What do you want to say? This is not a new thing. It's not a new problem. A year ago, I think after was it? It was just after the city address that you went down to City Hall. No, and it's been two years. Was it two years? Yeah, and, it's. And, I, I've and, quit and, going over and there and broke down the entire report, the entire speech, the entire budget, all of it, and it's it's really um, it's like banging your head against the wall. Well, there. The problem is that we have a, a, a barely educated populace about what's really going on. Or they just don't pay attention. They, they I don't just, think they want to pay attention. And I mean, it's, it's not good. I mean, you, you talk to a lot of these police and fire, they can't live here in Lexington. They drive in from outside. So who's really, what's going on here? Who's really living here? And they now they're doing all this um, landlord. We're going to make it like New York City, where the landlords don't have any rights. Give the rights all to the the renters. They they've done that to a great extent already. The and they're running Airbnb. They're trying to run Airbnb out, which I'm not an advocate one way or the other. But it's another Airbnb it's, is one of the greatest concepts that's ever come along of how to use houses creatively. Until there's crime, until there are parties, unruly parties. Well, there needs to know. be regulation of that, but I don't know. This Apparently, is, you can't even get an Airbnb license right now if if you bought a new piece of property and you want it. So that's, okay, well that, that's, that's going down another trail. We need to create, we need but that's a revenue for the jobs city. which create wealth. Toyota is, you look at Scott County. There has been so much wealth created by Toyota and the retirement funds that have been created in Scott County. It's just, it's gone absolutely the other direction from what Fayette County has gone. We're going to be poorer at some point than Scott County. May not be in five or ten years, but in Bowling Green, is going to be a bigger city than Lexington. And we've squandered it because of our arrogance. Because thinking that we didn't need to be, you know, and I've had a front row seat to all of this. And it's not because you haven't said anything about it either. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. We'll be back in just a few minutes with our financial hour. Stay tuned. Will the years treat us well? As she floats in the kitchen, I'm tasting the smell. Yeah.